in here so strong right now. One more time, we just lift our hands, just kind of bask in his presence right now. Come on, God's wanting to talk to us today. Oh, your heart's got to be ready. Your heart's got to be ready from the front to the back right now. Can you lift your hands up? Lift your hands up. Hallelujah, say, Jesus, I love you. That's all you got to tell them. God, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you. Come on, you don't have to wait until Good Friday service to thank him and to love him for the cross. You don't have to wait until Easter to tell him that you love him for salvation, for the resurrection. You don't have to wait. You can do it right now. Every Sunday, we should walk in here. Uh, Every day when you wake up, we should get up and say, God, I love you. I love you, Lord. Uh, I love you, Lord. Uh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you've got your Bibles, you would turn to Revelation chapter 2. And if you're able, if we could all stand out of reverence for the Word of God. chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 if you're there say amen it says unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things saith that he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks I know thy works and thy labor And thy patience. And how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say that they are apostles and are not. And hast found them liars. And hast borne and haste patience. And for my name's sake hast labored. And hast not fainted. But nevertheless. Everybody say nevertheless. I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. If you put your Bibles down today, if we would lift our hands, ask the Lord right now to minister to this church, speak to us right now. Jesus, in your mighty name, God, I pray, God, I need you today. God, I need you, Lord, to bring forth this message, God, that you've given. And I pray right now, God, if you would, God, to begin to, Lord, work on the hearts, Lord, right now of every individual under my voice. Lord, I pray right now, God, prepare their minds, oh God, to receive it, to understand it today, Lord. God, I pray right now, God, if you would, prepare these altars, Lord. God, prepare these altars, God, to produce, Lord. I pray, God, at the end of this message right now, God, let your anointing, God, to flow right now. Anoint my lips, God, to bring forth your word today, Lord. God, anoint the ears, the hearts. 
hearts and the mind of the people today, God, to hear and receive your word and apply it today, Lord. Let us leave challenged today. Let us leave changed by your word today. We thank you for it. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Jesus didn't clearly define it, although he strongly declared it. Neither the church or the angel of the church denied it. All the great qualities that he listed of the church that he was speaking to. We're not able to cover it up. All these great things that he mentioned, all the great works and all the great labor and all the great patience and and not bearing them of evil things and, and calling those out who were claiming to be apostles but were liars. He said, I, I, I give you honor for that and I, I highlight all of those great things that you have done. He said, but nevertheless, after all of that, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. All the great qualities were not able to cover it up and they were not able to disguise it. But there was something within the church of God that could not be ignored. And even though he highlights all the good things they've done as a church, there's still something that dominates this moment in the book of Revelation. I mean, look at what he points out as good things they're doing. He says he, he talks about their good works. He spoke of their labors. He talked about their patience. He hated, they hated sin and they hated evil things. They had a great passion and they had a dedication to the truth that they were strong and an enduring church. It would sound like they had it all together. Incredible qualities that any church would be honored to have the Lord mention about them. Amazing attributes that God talks about the church right here. But however, he injects one word at the end of the long list of accomplishments Right when the church was feeling proud about all they had accomplished and everything that they had achieved themselves, uh, they're feeling good. Can you imagine if somebody is building you up? What a great job you are doing. And they're just, man, this is amazing. Uh, I've had it happen. Uh, I've had people, man, that was just a great message and, and going on and on. But he says, nevertheless, It grabbed their attention. Right in that moment, after he's building them up, patting them on the back, you're doing a great job. Right there, he speaks one word that stops everything when he says, nevertheless. In other words, I'm going to set all of that we just discussed to the side. All of these great things that I have just spoken about you, the whole list of things that you are so proud of, I'm sitting it to the side for right now because I need to tell you something 
church. He's speaking to the church and says, I have somewhat against you. He doesn't say in this moment that I have some things against you. But he says, I have somewhat against you. Meaning the thing that he has against them overshadows all the accomplishments that he had just listed about them. You've done great things, my people. But nevertheless, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. You've left it. Now, I know you said, Pastor, here we go. Pastor's coming with the heavy message again. Yes, it is kind of heavy. But I ask God, when can I start preaching happy messages again? He said, when the church is revived, when the church is ready for it. So I, I, I hope today that we get ready for it because I want to preach a happy one next week. I just want to have a Holy Ghost shout down next week. But I love his word. And sometimes his word needs to come forth and it needs to prepare us and it needs to cultivate what he is wanting to do in us. If the ground is not ready to receive the seed, then we know nothing grows. The Lord is prepping the ground for what he has ahead of us. So you might ask this morning, how, how, how are they... How are they doing such great things and, and getting all these accolades from God and actively worshiping and, and doing outreach and attending church and giving in the offering and paying their tithes that, that they can quote scripture left and right, that they, they can quote half the Bible, that my goodness, look at all these great things that, that the people of God can do serving in ministry and giving of their time. And how could, how could we, uh, how could he have something against this church that is constantly giving and doing and, and just great thing after great great thing how because they had fallen out of love while going through the motions you got to understand it this morning that going through the motions will kill your emotions i'll say that one more time going through the motions will eventually kill your emotions and you won't feel anything for him anymore. But you'll still go through the motions. When serving God becomes a chore, loving God becomes an afterthought. They served. They did everything. It looked like they were the perfect church anybody could ever ask for. And I would say that each other, they probably looked at each other, probably said, man, how proud we are. Look what we're doing. Look at the accomplishments we're doing. And, and, and look, look at all this great stuff that we have going on. And uh, I, my goodness, we, we are just the church. And we, we, we are just moving along. We're growing and great things are happening. And, and my, look at us. We're patting each other on the back and say, wow, what a good job you're doing. And, uh, and then God comes along and he says, oh, yes, look at the great job you're doing. What amazing things you're doing. You're accomplishing, he said, but nevertheless, 
you're not loving me while you're doing it. I never want to be a church that simply goes through the motions of ministry. Please receive this this morning. That I bring you a word as your pastor that God needs us to hear this word. Because I can read it right here that we wouldn't be the first church that would say, oh, look what I've done, all my accomplishments. That's why ministry is not about a pat on the back. Ministry has nothing to do with that. Now, I have no problem highlighting somebody and saying, man, you're doing a great job. But you got to understand something. It's the reason behind the great job that you're doing that matters. Are you doing it for a pat in the back? Are you doing it to say, God, I love you, and I'm giving my life to you? God, it doesn't matter where I serve, what I do. Give me a toilet brush. I don't care what it is. Let me park cars. Let me lead praise and worship. Let me sit in a pew and just just be be somebody who's just going to help out. I don't care what it is. But it's the motive behind what you're doing. Do you truly love him? We have to be a church that serves because we love him. Not for the accolades. I don't want to go through the motions of ministry. I don't want to go through the motions of worship. That I don't want to be a church that goes through the motions of praise. That we know just what to do when they hit the right note. Oh, that this isn't a shouting song. That, that, that oh, we, I better wait till they speed the beat up a little bit before I start dancing. No, if you've got to dance inside of you, you got to understand David said, I don't care. I don't care who's watching. I don't care what you're doing. You can take away the music. I don't need music. It doesn't need to be the right tempo. If you've got to dance inside of you and you love him you need to start dancing and worshiping the Lord if everybody else is sitting there like a bump in a log let them sit there but I'm telling you right now you will get the attention of God and God will begin to move in your situation it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing I refuse to be a church that does not love God I will worship him because I love him I don't want to be a church that simply looks like we have it all together on the outside. But we have nothing to offer anyone on the inside. Listen to me this morning. I don't care how big and I don't care how pretty that building is going to be down there. I don't care if we don't have the Holy Ghost in operation in our services and in our Sunday school rooms and in our youth room and in our Bible studies and in our music and in our outreach. We have nothing if the love of God is not flowing through this place. When somebody walks in here, that's the first thing they need to feel. I've said before, we've got great music. We've got great music. But I'm not being mean, and they know this. They're, they're, they're great musicians. But they, they've been around, trust me. They've traveled. They've seen. They've been to big conferences. There are people, I'll tell you right now, God's blessed me with the ability to play instruments. But I am not near the best of the best. I don't care. If someone walks in here and says, Woo, my 
goodness, did you hear that run they did in that keyboard? Uh, did you hear what they did in that bass? Uh, I don't care about that, but I want somebody to walk in uh, and hit their knees under the power of the anointing uh, that is flowing off our musicians uh, and that is flowing out of our singers. Uh, that they, they come crawling to an altar because they got to get to where God is. They got to get to what God has. They got to get what we have. That is a church that operates in the love of God. They shouldn't hear our music, but they should hear the Lord being represented and loved in this place. We can have it all together, but if there's not love and reverence for God, his presence will not be here. If there's no love and if there is no reverence for this place and for him and his presence... I, I, I will just take a moment real quick. I might hit on this later down the road. But I want us to understand something. There should be a reverence for this room right here. Now, kiddos, I want you to listen to me for a second. This is not pastor being mean. This is pastor loving you and teaching you something. I, I know it's, it's commonly said, and I want to I kind of just enforce this real quick. It's okay to kind of hang out on the blue, but I don't want you up here playing on the pink because this is a place of reverence right here. This is, not a, this is not a jungle gym. This is not a place to run around. And don't say, oh, pastor's getting on my kids. No, I'm getting on my own right now. All right? Trust me. They hear a lot from Natty, and they hear a lot from Mommy. But they know that this is not a place to play around. It, it, this is a place to worship God. This is holies of holies. This is a place where people get healed. This is a place where people find salvation. These altars right here, right here, you got to understand right here is where people receive salvation. It wasn't long ago, Jessica, you received it right there. You received the gift of the Holy Ghost, and your life has never been the same. This is a place of holy and a place of reverence. We should reverence this place. You see a piece of trash laying on the ground? Pick it up. Go throw it in the trash. Don't say, oh, somebody else will get it. Do you love him? Because then you love everything about him. You, 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 won't, you won't wait for somebody else to pick it up. Or, or you, won't, you, won't, you won't, is anybody watching? I'm, I'm picking up trash. You won't care if anybody's watching. Because you're not doing it for anybody else. You're doing it for him and the reverence that you have for this place right here. There should be a very high reverence that we have for this place. We should have a love and reverence for God. Because if we don't, his presence will not be there. Listen to what he says in Revelation 2.5. He says, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. And repent. And do or return to the first works. Or else I will come up unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of its place except thou repent he says three things in this scripture he says remember remember where I brought you from repent and then return remember repent and return or else it's one of the only times you'll find in scripture that God gives an ultimatum to his people God says, remember, repent, and return, or else do these things, or I will remove the candlestick 
out of his place. What's he saying? He's saying, have reverence for me and love me or my presence will be removed from thee. He's not going to dwell somewhere where he's not wanted. If you don't want him, he's not going to force himself on you. He says, you do great things. Yes, but if you do not love me, you don't have reverence for me, then I will remove myself from thee. I'll remove, I'll remove that glow. I'll remove that Holy Ghost presence. I'll, I'll, I'll remove it. Uh, I, I, today, I, I had this great thing. Brother Donald, you help me out real quick. I've never lit a candle with one hand. I don't want to try it. I don't want to burn the church down. The new one's not built yet. That would be a problem. The insurance might pay for the new one, though. Let's not go there. Not being recorded today, right? I want the insurance come. If this burns down, insurance company's going to come back and be like, I heard him say it. But to understand the importance of this, he says, if you love me, there will be an illumination. Everybody around you will know. I told Brother Donald earlier, I said, I wish we were in the new church because there's not going to be windows in the sanctuary. I could have turned all the lights off. I would have preached from candlelight. To show you the importance of the candlestick. To show you the importance of when you're trying to go somewhere and it's dark. That when God's church is trying to get somewhere, get to where he wants us to be, and you say, but the world is so dark, as long as we love him, we'll always have a light to lead and guide us. Always. But he's saying in this scripture, if you do not love me, if you do not have reverence for me, if you do not, uh, if you do not uh, repent and return, if you do not do these things, he said, then what I'm going to do is remove my presence from you. You'll stand there. Yes, all the accolades you can have, all the great things that you can put badges all over you, all you want. But if you don't have my light, you can't even see where to go. We will be a church that will be stuck right here, right here with no vision and no direction. We'll have no light of where to go. And how to, how to get to where God is trying to take us. Uh, you you got to understand that, that God will not put up. I, I really want us to get this this morning. Because it's just not taken as serious as it needs to be. Well, God will not put up with a lukewarm church. Revelations 3, 15 and 16 says, I know your works. He's saying it again. I know your works. That you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. I want nothing to do with you. He says a lukewarm church or a lukewarm Christian makes God sick. He said it makes me sick. I don't want anything to do with you. You think my presence is going to be there? Or you love me on a Sunday, but you ignore me throughout the week. You don't talk to me on Monday. I don't hear from you 
until maybe Wednesday. I don't see you. You're never in my presence. You're never talking to me until Sunday rolls around and you need everything taken care of again. He said, oh, I never hear from you. He said, yeah, you do good works and you come and maybe you come to spring cleaning day. You clean up. And maybe you serve and maybe, maybe I'm not just, I'm not just picking on anybody. I'm just saying that this is just in general. Maybe you're an usher or maybe you're on the safety team. Or maybe the youth pastor. Maybe you're the worship leader. Maybe you're the pastor. He said, I don't care what title you hold if you're lukewarm I want nothing to do with you at the end of the day strip my title from me and I'm still a child of God I still gotta love him I still gotta worship him I still gotta be in his presence he still got to know me I've gotta know his voice if you close the doors of the church you still gotta have the voice of God in your life you've got to love him every day It's always compared, and the Bible is compared a lot, and I love it how the Lord did this, the, the, the relationship between a man and a woman. And, and you see that he talks about the, the bride and the groom, and uh, he always he has that, that analogy there that we are the bride, and we're preparing ourselves for the groom, that he's going to come back for us, and he's going to get us. And uh, uh, we have to understand that relationships typically, uh, they start out with a dating relationship. I don't think anybody in here saw each other for the first time and then ran to the courthouse and got married. I hope not. I was waiting for a hand to slowly come up, but like, that was us, Pastor. But typically, it starts out as a dating relationship. And those dating relationships, in the beginning, man, there's this like, whoo. I mean, you're, you're, you're working hard, and as soon as you get off, you're running, getting cleaned up, and taking off. You're gonna, I mean, you got a date like every night of the week, and you're on the phone till like wee hours in the morning, just, you know, not even talking. Just, just want to be there. Just want to be close to you. I just want to hear you. Even if I'm just hearing you breathe, that's all that matters. I just want to hear you. Oh, my goodness. You know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you don't. And so in the beginning, it's, it's that fresh passion, that fresh fire. It's, it's just like, man, this is it. This is it. This is just all. Oh, this, is, this is the one. How many times have you said this is the one? Hmm? Yep. How, how much, maybe I shouldn't go. No, so how much money have you invested and those who are not the one. You are willing to do anything. You're willing to go anywhere. It doesn't matter what that person said to you. You were willing because you wanted them to know that you loved them. You did. And when you did find the one, it was completely different from all the others. It was. When you knew, like, this is, this is it. This is it. I'll do anything. I'll do everything. It does not matter. You mention, you mention it to me. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to go and I'll try to rope the moon if I have to. Good old country song. I love how they write songs about stuff that's not even possible. 
give you every star in the sky. No, you can't. They don't belong to you. Quit it. Let's write some reality. I'll take you to McDonald's for lunch because that's all I can afford. But I love you, babe. Uh-huh. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It's that dating relationship. You're, you're not going through the motions. What you do, every, every little thing you do, you mean it because you're wanting them to know, I really do love you. It's not that you're trying to win them over. You know they love you just as much, and this is going to work out. This is of God. When you know it's of God, all that pressure's taken off you. This is it. This is it. And it's not that you don't give as much and you don't try as hard, but you just understand that what you're doing is not coming from a place of, oh, I've got to get your attention or, or I've, got to, you know, I've got to woo you. No, 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 no. It's coming from simply, I just, I just love you. I love you. A lot of times we get going through the motions, though, and, and I, it's something that we have to look at today that w- when you get into the place of a marriage, I've, I've heard it said, I just heard it said the other day, uh, I can't remember who I was speaking to, somebody said something to me that the reason uh, marriages don't last as long as they used to is because people stop dating their spouses. And you get to a place where you're going through the motions and, and you're, you're, you're just kind of getting to that place where it's just like it's the day in and day out. And, and life just throws everything on you and you're just so busy doing your duties and just doing this and that. And, and, and it's just one of those things to understand that marriages are not lost because people neglect their duties. Marriages are lost because people neglect their love for each other. A lot of people are in the same household and they they take care of their duties. They take care of their chores. They take care of those things that's required of them. They do those things. They're not neglecting that, but they're neglecting the love that they once had. A neglected love is an open door to sin. If I would take you back to last week's sermon, you say, well, how did we, how did we get there, Pastor? How do, how do you get to that place where the vessel begins to be attacked and begins to uh, drain out? How do you get to that place? It is simply because uh, there is no guarding something that you don't love. If you don't love it, you don't guard it. That's why a lot of marriages that don't last near as long today because they're not being guarded Because there's no love. And if you don't love it, you're not going to guard it. And if you don't love it, you're kicking the door wide open and you're inviting sin in. And it's the same thing for us as Christians in your Christian walk with the Lord. Is that if you're not guarding what you have with him and your relationship with him, you're opening the door to sin all around you and you're giving it an invitation, a personal invitation to come in and wreck everything God has given you. Neglected love, neglected relationships with God is what will completely remove everything from us. Seeking out love elsewhere. Seeking out love 
thinking that I, I think I said this maybe last week or the week before last, but it, it's it's one of those that that statement that I've always I've always heard it said is is that you know a lot of people leave because you know they just it just wasn't what it used to be and it, it's just not there and you know and, and, and well the grass just looked greener on the other side when the whole time you were just failing to water your grass. You were going through the duties, but you weren't watering the grass. You weren't showing the love. You were doing the part. You looked You looked the part. It's the same thing. I'm talking about our Christian life right now. You show up on Sundays, and you do your thing. Maybe you serve in a ministry, but, but there's just, there, well, why do you do what you do? Why Are you just going through the, the motions? Are you just, are you, are you, is this a chore that I have to check off? Why, why do you come to church on Sunday? Is it because it just makes you feel good? And I checked off my duty, Lord. I came Sunday, and I sat in your presence for two or three hours and I listened to pastor preach a message and I even spent a couple minutes in the altar Lord and I, I have I put something in the in the basket today Lord uh, and the whole time he's saying that's great that's great man look at all those great badges that's uh, patched all over you look at all those great things uh, he says but nevertheless you've left your first love if you're not doing it for me then it's going to be removed. I know this is kind of a heavy message, but I want us to understand something this morning. And I'm actually almost done. I know it wasn't going to take long today. According to that clock, it's only 11.15. Somebody better change that real quick. Like, pastor preached for two hours today. It's not my fault. It's that crazy time change. But we got to take our love for God serious. The Lord has really been challenging me with this. We've got to take it serious. This, This is something that the reverence for God is not what it used to be. The reverence for God, the reverence for his house, and I'll go to far as, as far to say this, the reverence for the man of God is not the same as it used to be. It's not. There is stuff said to me sometimes that there is no way I'd have said to my pastor. Not out of fear for him, but out of respect for him. And reverence for him. Because he is the man of God appointed to the church he was responsible for me my soul the reverence is not there anymore and it's not just here it's the church in general and I'll be totally honest with you (laughs) hold on a second when I start saying I want you to be like whoa hold up but I'll be honest with you in closing today I'm, I'm tired of hearing about revival I'm tired of hearing about awakenings of last day outpourings of the Holy Spirit. I've heard it for 39 years. And there's a little word that came to mind for this. You know what it is? It's called rhetoric. Something said over and over and over and over. 
with no meaning whatsoever. I'm tired of hearing about people in the church who say they want their unsaved loved ones saved. I'm tired of hearing people say I'm concerned about my troubled marriage when it's just talk. It's just rhetoric. It's just talk. It makes us feel good to talk about winning souls. When's the last time we won one? We slap that badge on ourselves and say, oh, I, I, I did something good today. I was nice to people. Look, God, look what I'm look what I'm doing, Lord. I, I, I don't, Lord, I, I don't I don't like evil things. That's good. That's great. That's great. But Lord, my family needs saved. We're cry out family. God, my family needs saved. And we cry out, God, my family needs saved. My family needs to hear it, God. My family needs to hear the truth. God, my family, my family, my family. And God says, that's great. I've been hearing you say this for years. What are you going to do about it? It's rhetoric. I don't want to hear any more talk about how immoral America has become. And I know I've said it across this pulpit, and it has. And how godless our society is and how corrupt the business and everything else. I hear it. It's been talked about. I've heard this for years. I'm tired of hearing how dead the church has become because that, too, is rhetoric and meaningless. It's ready to do away with all our, our how-to conferences because they accomplish nothing. How to cope. And there's all these big conferences. You can find a concert every weekend that you can find some big old big-name speaker that you can go listen to. And I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about our apostolic anointed individual who are preaching. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who are trying to convince you that they can fix your problems if you pay them a certain amount, a little love offering. That we can accomplish everything and they teach you how to cope and how to build a bigger church. I, I, every, just because I'm a pastor, I get emails all the time. Do you want the secret how to build your church? Let me show you how to use social media to build your church. Let me show you how to use this trick and that trick to build your church. I can increase your church. I can double your church. Blah, 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 blah. It's all rhetoric. It's all talk. I look at the whole religious scene today, and all I see is, is the, 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 the inventions of ministry of man and of flesh. It's mostly powerless. It has no impact on the world. And I see more of the world coming into the church and impacting the church rather than the church going out and impacting the world. That's where our problem is. We talk about it, but we don't do it. I see a hatred for correction, and I see a hatred for reproof. Nobody wants to hear it anymore. They don't. That's why there are massive churches. That's why there's a church right now that's a basketball arena in Texas that is completely packed out because the preacher gets up and tickles their ears with love and prosperity every year because nobody wants to be corrected by the word anymore. 
Nobody wants to hear you're doing wrong. Nobody wants to hear that. Everybody wants to hear what the church heard. Good job. You're doing this. You're doing that. Great job. Look what you're doing. Only pat you on the back. Yeah, good job. Life's going to be good. There's a blessing coming your way. Oh, there's a, come on. Give you a little offering. There's a big blessing coming your way. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why? He says, but nevertheless... How many churches could he walk into today and say, nevertheless, you're going through the motions, but nevertheless, my presence isn't even here. My love isn't even here. How many churches are going through the motions this morning? They've got professional bands. They've got professional musicians. And they've got professional preachers that get up and bring some professional message to them to make them feel good. But it is an empty service because there's no love and no respect and no reverence for God. It's rhetoric. That's all it is. That's all it is. Tell, tell, tell me now how many services have you been to recently when you walked, walked in and the Holy Ghost was so strong that every one of your sins was brought up before your face? You say, well, Pastor, I don't want that. <laughs> Why would I want that? I want to walk in the back door and and feel that. I don't want to stand and worship and feel that. I I promise you, if we wanted that, our altars would be full. I would never have to ask you to come. (laughs) Ever. The Holy Ghost needs to be so strong. It needs to be so strong in this place that when you walk in the back doors, you should just fall to your knees and say, oh, forgive me, God. Forgive me, God, for I have sinned. I have messed up, Lord. God, I repent. God, I return. God, I'm going to come back to you. That's what I'm talking about. I don't want to be just another church in the city, but I want his presence to be so strong that people are crawling to the altar because they have to have forgiveness They have to have salvation. They have to have God. When was the last time that you've seen young people under such conviction because the people of God that are around them and the adults are around them are on their faces praying for them constantly? And there's such a concern and, and there's such an agony and that the young people are, are falling on their faces and calling on, on God because a spirit of conviction is called down from heaven upon them. The point I'm not talking bad about you. I'm not. But as your pastor, I'm just telling you, I love what I see. I love the growth. I love the spiritual growth. But I'm telling you, don't stop now because there's something deeper. There's something greater that you're going for. You're getting there. Keep seeking after it. Keep going after it. Because I'm telling you, there's going to be mornings. There's going to be mornings, Faith. You're going to try to get out of bed and God's going to call you to your knees in intercessory prayer. There's going to be moments. There's going to be moments. that you're going to try to go about your day but the presence of God is so strong on you that you've got to go find a secret place to pray and just begin to get in his presence that's what I'm talking about a love for God that we're not going through the motions we're not doing that 
I'm doing it because I love him. How many services have you been in lately uh, where you hear a word that comes forth uh, that, that just burns in your soul that you know it comes from heaven, that you know it comes from the heart of God? How many of you heard lately? I hope that you hear it from this pulpit. Whatever happened to the reverence in the house of God? Whatever happened to the reverence in ministry? It's a word you don't hear much in this pampered generation. You don't hear it. We've held on to religious rhetoric, our revival talk. I want to correct something real quick, and I've been guilty of it myself. We talk about revival, and we get all excited. Oh, yeah, revival, 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 revival. Souls coming in a revival. That's the harvest. Revivals and awakenings are for the church. If you're going to revive somebody, I'll never forget... When I worked at the hospital, I worked in the cath lab. We had this gentleman come in. He was in his 40s. And as soon as they started to cath him, he coded. He was a big boy. So big, the nurses, the little nurses, they were all just kind of petite women. They could not get on top of him to, to, to start trying to revive him and, and do CPR. And they, they hollered for me out of the back room and said, we need you now. We need you now. And I came out uh, and I stood up. Uh, I had to stand up on a box uh, almost this high to get on top of him. And for 45 minutes, uh, I kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, breaking ribs, trying, trying to revive him. I was trying to revive him. Trying to bring life back into him. I was trying. And that's what God right now, he's saying, listen, revival. Listen, if there's no life there, you're not ready for the harvest. We got to restore life. He's got to, he's trying to revive the church. He said, once you're alive and well again, then I can give you the harvest. Then I'll send you the people. I'll send you the souls. He said, but I'm trying to shake you and I'm trying to wake you up and help you to understand. I'm trying to give you revival. Revival's for you, not for them. Revival prepares you for them. Somebody want revival in this place? Somebody want revival? If you want revival, if you want God to shake you, if you want God to shake this church, if you want God to shake your family, then get on your feet and put your hands together and say, God, revive me. Revive me. Revive me. Shake me, God. Wake me up. Let me see how serious this is. God, because if I can't get it together, I can't win souls. I want revival. I want God to shake us and wake us up and give us what we need so we can be who he's called us to be in this city. I want revival. I want revival. You can remain standing. You can remain standing. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I just want us to, I want us to understand. We got to be careful. I speak from experience. We say this time, God, this time, God, you've touched me for life. I'll never be the same. All oh, this time, God, this Sunday, Lord, Made it to an altar. Oh, God, this time, this service, it changed me. 
oh, this is the one. This, this changed me. I'm never going to be the same. Never. And then by the time Tuesday morning gets around, you, you've, kind of, you've completely forgotten, and you're right back in doing the motions. You're right back in just doing your duties to him. You, you, you shout, I'm right back in. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm involved in ministry, but I don't do it really because uh, I love him. I'm just doing it because, well, it's just a place to serve. Uh, it's just a, something to do. I just want to be a part. So this is what I'm doing. I'm just right back in the motion. And I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of churches, uh, a lot of people that just simply go through the motions. Uh, and it's Sunday to Sunday going through the motions. Uh, they're kind of they're kind of that, like those, uh, you, has, you hear people say that I live from paycheck to paycheck there's a lot of churches that live from Sunday to Sunday just barely getting by just barely holding on and God is has a desire to get on top of a lot of churches and start to revive them and say wake up wake up your heart is barely beating there's hardly any life inside of you you're going through the motions it looks good yeah you look good on the outside but listen my fire went out a long time ago some Somebody's got to wake up and start breathing again. I don't want to be that church. I don't want to be that church. I don't want to be that church. Revelations 2.5. Musicians, you can come. Revelations 2.5 says this. Remember. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Remember. Remember right now. If you're in this place and you've been baptized in his name, you received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you remember that that time where you gave your life to the Lord, you remember that place in that altar, you remember that place? I want you to take your place, take, take yourself there right now. Remember that place from which you were fallen. That place where, where you were just a sinner. That place where he found you. That place that you were, you, were no, you were no greater than anybody else. That you were just a sinner that was being saved by grace. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. And then he says, repent. And then return to your first works. Remember that dating relationship? Remember how much you loved me when you first met me? God's saying, remember how much you gave when you first understood how much I gave for you? Remember the days where no one had to ask you to come to an altar. You just simply wanted to be in my presence. Remember those days when you didn't need anything from me? You just wanted to be with me. Remember those days that you didn't go through the motions and it wasn't to fulfill a duty. It wasn't just to make me feel. Do you remember those days? Do you remember those days? He said, remember those days and return. Return back to your first love. He said, or else... I will come unto thee quickly. This is what scares me, church. This is the word. This is the word of God. He said, I will return unto you quickly. And I will remove. Not just put out. But I will remove. Thy candlestick. Out of its place. Except you repent. Today. You have an option. 
You have an option to forget and say, I'm not going back there. I'm not going to remember that. I'm just going to leave and just keep living my life. I'm just going to keep doing what I've always done. And God's going to come in and say, fine, if you don't love me, if you don't want me, if you, don't, if you can just keep coming here all you want, you can put all the badges you want on yourself. You can look good and do whatever you think you want to do. You can serve in ministry with no anointing. You can do whatever you want to do. But your candlestick will be removed from you. My presence will not be there. And you will wander around in darkness trying to find your way through life. And you will never know which way to turn because the the light is gone from you. You will be miserable if you do not listen to me and remember, repent, and return. So today, you can leave empty-handed with no candle in your hands. Or today, you today you can say, come to an altar and say, God, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, God. Forgive me, Lord, for what I've made it. Forgive me, God. Forgive me. And God will say, I'm going to revive you. And I'm going to light the candle again. You're going to know where you're going. You're going to see where you're going. You're going to know what I have for you. God is calling for somebody right now. Thank you, Sister Tracy for just stepping out. Uh, I don't want to really give. Uh, I don't want to give an altar call today. Uh, I just want those who are hungry for this. Uh, if you're hungry for revival, if you love him with all your heart, uh, if you want uh, to be restored today, because God is wanting to restore this church. God's wanting to prepare this church. He's wanting to revive this church. But he's saying, you've got to want it for yourself. I won't force myself on you. You've got to want this for yourself. Do you really love me? Or are you going through the motions? of everything oh hallelujah he said come on I want to relight the candlestick today I want to be in your life I want my presence renewed right now in this place oh Lord oh hallelujah come on these altars are open find a place to pray right now find a place right now and let the Lord let the Lord renew in you Arriando cura, tayo no lo sé, ya forrado.